Welcome back to the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into decoms. I'm Lizzie, a projectile charm bracelet hitting the face of my soulmate. And I'm Hannah, and I am a guitar-shaped birdhouse. And today, we watched Camp Rock 2. Camp Rock 2, a slightly more electric boogaloo. Yeah, I would call this an electric boogaloo. Yeah, it's not like high speed, but it's electric. Boogie-oogie-oogie. Boogie-woogie-woogie. <laughs> Um, We're 9,000 years old. Yeah, this is part two of our Camp Rock-a-thon. What's the word? I was going to say... Zoology? No, Lizzie, what's the the word when you watch a lot of things in a row? Marathon? (laughs) Yes. It wasn't much of a marathon. It was more of a sprint. (laughs) It was a relay race. It was a sprint to watch two movies in like four hours. Yeah, and then we didn't even need to do it because we ended up waiting a day to record this. But that's not important. Yeah, we said in our last episode that we were recording back-to-back, and then we didn't because our Wi-Fi was going to be bad, and then we did just talk on the phone for 35 more minutes, but that's besides the point. And that's our business entirely, so. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of our business, Lizzie, I think before we start, you want to talk about someone else's business. And actually, before we even say this... I want to preface by last night, on the phone with Lizzie, I found out great news related to multimedia conglomerate, I don't know if it's a conglomerate, BuzzFeed. Yes! I found out that two people who used to work for BuzzFeed, maybe they still do, I'm not sure, got married. Yes. Chantel of Ladylike fame and Ashley Perez, who was also, like, famous, like, back in 2014 on BuzzFeed. And I was like, oh my god, they got married last month. That's so cute. We love we love an old school BuzzFeed couple. Yeah, so speaking of old BuzzFeed couples. It's Tuesday, September 27th, 2021. 22! 2022. See, I'm in distress. I woke up this morning, checked my TikTok, and saw a TikTok video of someone talking about the Try Guys, and a member of the Try Guys who is famous for how much he loves his wife, making allegations that he had cheated on her. And I said, I cannot deal with this. Close the app. So four minutes later, I reopen the app because I need answers. (laughs) And I see four more videos about this very thing. And I texted Everyone I knew. Everyone I knew who could possibly be interested in this story. I said, we need we need to congregate here. Would you have texted me if we hadn't had that conversation last night? I probably would have texted you and been like, hey, did you happen to watch, like, the Try Guys? early BuzzFeed slash Try Guys? Yeah. Now I knew. So Lizzie, Lizzie texted me and she was like, I have really bad news to share with you. And I got nervous. And I had to parentheses it, and I said, not really, not seriously bad news, just internet news. I think you said, like, I have bad news, in parentheses, internet related. Yeah. And I thought you meant, like, power lines are down at my house, we have no internet, podcasts can't go up for a month. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Anyway, so, in, like, in the grand scheme of our lives, it's not that bad, but in the grand scheme of life... Other people's lives... Way worse life-changing because ned from the try guys cheated on his wife in public at a nightclub after taking her to harry styles love on tour at madison square garden with his employee with an employee of the try guys company because as those of you who are like children of the internet will know the try guys left buzzfeed and made their own kind of production media company and so he was having an affair with one of the employees of that company so I found this out I saw all the screenshots all the stuff I was like wow that's horrible and I was like no one's gonna say anything about this for a while yeah and then I looked at the timestamps, and this all happened September 2nd yeah and all the videos about it were being posted like last night his wife 
And the fiance of the employee he was having the affair with, this was they were notified at the beginning of the month. So they have been preparing for this for a month. Today, they released a statement saying that he had been removed from their company. He did not work there anymore. I wonder if they bought him out because he's a quarter owner of the company. It's not like, like, I literally texted Lizzie and I was like, where's HR when you need it? And she's like, he is HR. Like, was HR. I was on TikTok and I was reading all the comments. Apparently in like a relatively recent video, they made a joke about how they don't have an HR department. And everyone was like, yikes. Um, and then everyone was saying, like, he is the one who, like, it was, like, his brand, but he was always talking about his wife and how much he loved his wife, and it was kind of, like, it's John Mulaney all over again. Yeah. And everyone's like, what? Now it's, like, a red flag to be, like, open about loving your wife. But I'm like, is it really that surprising? A white man that went to an Ivy League college had the audacity to do this? You know? Not that shocking. But it's, at the end of the day, none of our business. However, considering what we do here and the fact that we talk about the internet a lot and we talk about kind of our early teens and adolescence when we were growing up on the internet and that these, like, BuzzFeed people were such a huge part of that, I think, for so many people, Mm -hmm. a lot of people saw this as, like, internet idea of what a healthy relationship looked like. And I was just thinking about how, like, last night, Lizzie, I don't remember if it was on the episode or not, but you talked about how you had just started watching Abbott Elementary. And it's kind of funny to think that in the same week that BuzzFeed alum Quinta Brunson won an Emmy, Ned Fulmer was just caught cheating on his wife. Yeah. T. It takes all kinds of kinds. Yeah. Um... So with that, we can wrap up our, I don't know, what what would this segment be called? Breaking news. That's the ESPN song. I'm sorry. We can't use that. <laughs> we can, we can, that can be TBD. We can come up with a fun segment name for our, like, pop culture corner. That's not half bad. The pop corner. The pop corner. No, that's trademarked. Is it? Pop corners is a snack. It is? Yeah, I love them. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. They're the triangle-shaped pop chips. I didn't even know that that's what they're called. I love them, though. Yeah, the kettle corn ones are my favorite. I don't like kettle corn. I love kettle corn. If we ever get a box, you can have all my white cheddar ones. Okay, when we move together? Yeah, or just maybe one day soon. Soon. (laughs) Who knows? Speaking of things and performing tasks and actions, a task that we performed is we watched Camp Rock 2. <laughs> yeah, we did. Lizzie actually kind of watched it twice. Like one and a half times. 1.5 times because in full transparency, when we watched it in preparation from yes- for yesterday, I had little to nothing to say about it, and you'll know that because we talked about it a little bit in the first episode, which you'll have heard before this. Um, however, I had some time before we recorded today, and I said, let's rewatch like, the middle 35 minutes of this, where, like, the the body of the story is, and see if there's anything I want to talk about. And I'm really glad I did, because I kind of changed my tune about the film. Hmm. I changed my ranking in my brain, and I'm very excited. I think it was a worthwhile endeavor to rewatch that little bit. We haven't really talked about it, but sometimes you're just not in the mood to watch one of these decoms, and it totally impacts how you perceive it. So. That's true. Maybe I was just in more of a Camp Rock 2 The Final Jam mood today. Maybe you were. Also, my tummy doesn't hurt. Thank God. Yeah. My tummy did hurt yesterday, and I hated it. Mine hurts a little bit right now. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. I kind of scarfed my dinner down really fast. See, I haven't eaten my dinner yet, so that's why. And my dinner did have dairy. I had macaroni and cheese. But was it delicious? It was. I had mac and cheese and green beans. Ugh, so good. 
And my tummy does hurt now, now that we mention it. Well. But it's okay, because all hot girls have stomach problems. We shall persevere. Mm-hmm. And we shall talk about Camp Rock 2. I was going to say, now that we've been recording for 30 minutes. And Hannah shall give us our 60-second summary. You know I will. All right. Are you ready? So ready. Three, two, one, go. So Camp Rock 2 takes place like a year after Camp Rock, the first one. It's the next summer. Um, Everyone's coming back to camp, but this time not only is Joe Jonas, Shane Gray coming, his brothers are coming too. In this movie, they're his brothers, not just his besties. So everyone's at camp, but actually not everyone's at camp. People are missing because a new camp, a rival camp, opened across the lake. They're called Camp Star. They poach a bunch of campers and counselors from Camp Rock. So a bunch of the older campers have to step up, Mitchie and her friends, to become counselors. Um, And then they fall into the trap of the new camp, my uncle Axel Turner. And they challenge to go face off at Final Jam. And everyone's like, oh no, they're going to win Final Jam. And then people aren't going to want to come to Camp Rock. And the camp's going to die. So they have to band together to try to save Camp Rock. Um, and there's some shenanigans that ensue. Well done. Thank you. Um, it did take me a second to figure out what you were saying when you said my uncle Axel Turner. I just, you know, anyone that has the same last name as me, I call them like cousin. Like last episode I talked about cousin Sophie, Joe's wife. Um, sometimes I talk about, yeah. So uncle, cousin Axel, cousin Sophie, uncle Axel. Um, yeah, that was a decent summary. Lissy, do you have our official one? Um, I do. Hold on, let me find the tab. I have so many tabs open. I have so many articles open. Are you lost in your tabs? Like me? The other day we were having a pod meeting to figure out our rest of your schedule. And about once every four and a half minutes, Hannah would be positively apoplectic. On the verge of a breakdown, <laughs> but it would be for all of about three seconds. <laughs> Normal, and she would go. I can't. She would go. I can't do it. Oh my god, you, Lizzie! I'm lost in my tabs. I'd like to make it. I also had like a total of six tabs open, <laughs> and then she closed half of them, and she would still go. Lizzie, I'm lost in my dad. But she said like she was gonna cry. I'm crying now. You have to leave this in. You have- okay. Don't threaten me with my own gun. <laughs> no matter I can have two tabs open and still get lost in my tabs and not be able to find the one I want. It's my fatal flaw. Let me tell you hubris. Okay. <clears throat> Right. Shh, 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 shh. The final jam <laughs> synopsis is as- Wait, is this movie called The Final Jam? Camp Rock 2, The Final Jam. <gasps> oh my god, I thought it was just called Camp Rock 2. No, anyway, so- sorry to interrupt. Oh god. It says, The Camp Rockers have returned, and no one's more excited than Mitchie and Shane, who anticipate more than a summer of music. Unfortunately, Camp Star, a big money music camp funded by Brown's former bandmate, wants to shut Camp Rock down. Mitchie, in order to save the camp, challenges Camp Star to a final jam. May the best camp win. That's exactly what happens. A note I would like to make. One, I can't take the name Camp Star seriously because all I can think about is Star Ranch, which is Jeffrey's Ranch in Wyoming? Montana? Wait, have you seen the video of him going to the steakhouse? Did you send me that, or did my roommate? It was not me. I don't- Oh my god, I'll DM it to you. Do not interact with any of his content. That's a lot. That's a whole other internet topic for another day. Next episode. Okay. Anywho. Um, Camp Rock 2 has a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is- same as every other decon. And much better than Camp Rock 1. Yes, much better. Like, 20 points better or something like that. Um, 
Lizzie, do you have a ranking for this movie? I do. I was going to give it a 3.25. But then, today, I'm going to give it a 3.5, just like yesterday's. Oh, you were originally going to rank it worse? Yeah. T. Because there were quite a few... I mean, don't get me wrong, there are still parts of this movie that I didn't love, but I didn't like them in an equivalent way that I didn't like the stuff from Camp Rock 1. And there were some parts of this that I really liked, I know. Um, what are you laughing at? Are you lost in your tabs? I am lost in my tabs! Do you not see me? Is that why you're laughing? No, I see you now, but I was very much lost in my tabs. <laughs> Sorry. You clearly were not a Girl Scout. You're I was. You're for so many years, I was. I have the, I will do my best to be honest and fair, friendly and helpful, considerate and caring, courageous and strong, responsible for what I say and do to respect myself and others, respect authority, use resources wisely, make the world a better place to be a sister to every Girl Scout. This is clearly not true since we just spent half an hour talking about a man we don't know cheating on his wife. <laughs> I'd be a sister to every Girl Scout. Ned Fulmer was not a Girl Scout. Yeah, but are we making the world a better place? (laughs) Yeah, for Ariel Fulmer. Oh, I hope she gets so much money out of this. Me too. Like, don't get me wrong. Of course, I want her family to be safe and healthy and doing well. But also, I hope she gets a financial payout the size of the Star Ranch in Montana. That is to say, quite large. Big as a yak. Bigger. Bigger. Many yaks. Um, anyway, I was gonna actually... See, now you have me second-guessing my ranking. But I think I want to give this movie a four. Oh! I really like Camp Rock 2. Okay. I don't know if I would say it's one of my faves, but, like, maybe top ten? Don't quote me on that, though. That is so much. But you know what? I mean, yeah. We can revisit this at a later date, perhaps when it comes time to actually make a top ten. Yeah. Um, You said we don't have any thoughts from an actual child today, right? No, because she didn't watch the first one with us, and also there's just a lot going on. And Oh, true. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't ask her to watch the sequel without the first one. Yeah, and this is a very busy time in our lives. Why is the fall always so busy? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe um, we are all getting back our will to live after being so warm during the summer. They're like, oh my god. It's an appropriate temperature to do things. Let's schedule everything right now. Yeah, it, the weather has been lovely here. It's been just like 65, 70 degrees. Yeah. Alright, let's um, get going here. Okay, first things first, before we even really jump in, I want to point out that this movie Uh was directed by our number two man, second only to Mr. Kenny Ortega, Paul Hohen. T. The first one was not. I'm changing my mind. I'm sorry. 3.75. That's my ranking. That's what you're going to rank it? Ooh. I wrote my ranking down in my notes and I didn't realize... That I had written 3.75 while I was watching. So, 3.75. Okay. Sorry, I'm just confused because I'm putting our rankings into our spreadsheet. And for some reason, it's totaling two different averages, even though it's the same number averaging twice. I'm not entirely sure what to say about that. I'm just gonna forget about it. Okay. Now I'm worried that all the other calculations are incorrect, but I'll just go back to that at a later date. So, can we talk about music right off the bat? Yeah, absolutely. So, I will say, I think the music from this movie, not as, like, iconic or recognizable as the music from the first one. Because there were a lot of songs in this I did not remember. Yeah. Although some of the most memed Camp Rock moments are from this movie as well. Right behind She's Really Good, which we didn't talk about last time. No. 
I would say the stomp routine. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. I will say, like I said, overall the music from this not as memorable. However, I do think some of the songs surpass in quality all of the Camp Rock One songs. Yeah, they're good. And another thing is, I don't fully remember if we really went into this last time, but this movie is a musical. Yes. The first one is not, but this one is. So the songs are dispersed a little bit more equally throughout the movie. Yeah. And they are not all in the context of performances. Like, sometimes they just sing because their hearts, their little hearts are a flutter. And some of them start as a, like, we know we're singing, and then transition into a, I'm kind of singing for myself. Mm -hmm. There's... Yeah, there's fewer, like, musical montages and more, like, performance, but, like, yes. not quite. I don't know. Well, you all know. You've all seen Camp Rock, too. Yeah. So, the first song in the movie is called Brand New Day, and it's Demi Lovato as Mitchie. Yes. The opening number. Yeah. It's a fun, good opening number. I liked it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a fun opening number. I did think, as a note... In general, the choreography in this felt better. Yes. Still wasn't good, but better. Let me look up who the choreographer was for this while you keep talking. Yeah. It is interesting. They seem to take a very different lean here as to what this camp was and where it was. Because, like, as we've discussed, this is, like, being filmed in Ontario. Yes. However, when Joe Jonas... And the rest of the Jonas Brothers, as their band Connect 3 arrive, they arrive in the back of a truck filled with hay and chickens. Yeah, but that is not on purpose. Lizzie, didn't you pay attention to the beginning of the movie? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. They were trying to take their tour bus, and their tour bus is submerged in the lake or the river. Which, how much money do you think that they spent on a full-on, like, charter bus to throw in a lake? For this movie. I do not feel the need to think about that because that makes me feel gross. And also, we can probably just cut this whole part out because I did just remember that I was wrong. So, <laughs> okay. anyway. Cut. Um, right off the bat, the Jonas Demi Lovato chemistry in this. Good. Impeccable. Chicken. Impeccable. <clears throat> bark, bark, bark. Um, yeah, the first song... Very cute. Everyone in this movie is exponentially better looking. Demi Lovato dyed her hair darker. Yeah. No bangs. That girl Tess did get bangs and looks like Debbie Ryan with the bangs. Oh. I was going to say she kind of looks like Taylor Swift with like a budget Taylor Swift, but this was before Taylor Swift got bangs. Right. Um, which is interesting. So. Um, the Jonas Brothers no longer have their... Faux Jufros? I don't know. It was just... They have much better hair in this movie. And all of a sudden, everyone is, like, friends again. We kind of left off at the end of last movie with, like, some tension. Yes. Everyone shows up at camp and is besties. But that quickly falls apart. Because then we go to Camp Star for the opening fireside jam. That's song I did not care about. I literally, I don't know if you'll be able to see it. I didn't write a single note. I just wrote fire, and then I left it blank. Okay, great. Um, it, the song is called Fire, and that's it. Yeah. But the next song is We Can't Back Down. I'm conflicted about this song. It's so dramatic, and for what? Let's think. I like the chorus. The chorus is like, okay, this is like fun Disney Channel- the lyrics of all of the verses and the break. Yeah. It's like some they weird, were... like, rhythm, adding too many words. There's a Lin-Manuel Miranda attempt without Lin-Manuel Miranda execution. We literally get, like, an economics lesson. She's like, with every big decision comes an equally important chance to lose you or something. It was too much. It was bad. It was like physics almost. It was too much. I would like to just backtrack real quick mm -hmm. since we skipped something I really feel the need to talk about. We skip. When they get invited to the bonfire, they get invited because two speedboats go on their lake 
from the other camp. And there's men in there with, like, t-shirt cannons who shoot little baskets with parachutes attached to them and that has s'mores ingredients in it. And it's them inviting them to the bonfire. And they're like, oh, that's fun. Like, friends. And Brown, the camp director, is like, "Uh, absolutely not. I just told you I do not like this man. And they're like, aren't you always saying that, like, music should be inclusive and, like, we should all be unified? And he's like, fine. However, when they shoot these t-shirt cannon parachute baskets, they're all like, what's that noise? And Kevin Jonas goes, we are under attack! He is so dumb. And poor, what's his name, Jason? Would 100% be my reaction. Yeah. It's like missiles. I would have heard that and been like, oh, hit the deck. Yeah. We're, we've... So basically, they are under attack too, not from the the guns, but from um, the sabotage. I'm sorry, the what? The sabotage. Okay. What is that from? I have no idea. Sabotage. Make an editing note. Boop. Hey y'all, it's editing Hannah here. Um, that reference was to Rex from Victorious. I don't know what episode, but I know I can picture Rex going sabotage. Yeah. Um, no, but basically, and another thing that I kind of wanted to bring up from the first song, but then also we can't back down, and kind of the whole movie, is all of a sudden everyone also worships Mitchie. Which is odd, again, because coming off the end of the last movie, There was still a lot of tension. She had just lied to everyone for an entire summer. Like, yeah, she's a good singer, but also she was new. She didn't even have, like, a rapport with everyone. Um, And now, like, she's their goddess. And I'm like, is it because she's dating Shane Gray? But they're not even dating. They just email. Ay, ay, ay. So basically, I don't know if everyone actually likes Mitchie for Mitchie. Yeah, that was also confusing. She's not super likable, but that's right. She's not. She spends so much of the movie being mean to everyone and then doing that enormous smile. Something else that happens at this bonfire is that Nick Jonas, his name is Nate, right? Yes, yeah. Um, meets his soulmate. Yeah. And it's not Priyanka Chopra. It's not Priyanka Chopra who flings her bracelet at him from the stage on accident and it smacks him in the eye and he's very dramatic about it but then they have a conversation he's like i love you her name is dana i did not like her one bit no she is so she's kind of annoying one her dad is like the enemy but two she's like so obsessed with like making nick's character nate like tell her his feelings and she's mad that he She literally says to him, you're exactly like every other teenage boy in the world. And it's like, yeah, and you're surprised. Not special in any way, shape, or form. But whatever. Um, so yeah, Camp Back Down. I'm conflicted about that as a song. I don't love it. Um, I can appreciate that there are good parts in it. But to me, it's like almost a skip. Yeah. And then immediate- I don't care about any of the plot things that happen immediately following that. Because the only really important thing that- comes after this is the stupid memeable camp rock stomp thing where well good thing that that's immediately after <laughs> they stomp i know but it feels like something else ha- they like have a conversation i don't care yeah Demi lovato bless her little heart she is doing her best she is she giving was it was not on the same beat as everyone else excuse me i'm so i'm really trying to not curse as much on this podcast However, her limbs are out of fucking control. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. Um. Oh my god. I'm going to tell you a little thing here. Everyone who has ever heard me talk about my sister, my parents talking about my sister, knows. When Maggie was little and she would like dance or whatever, her elbows, knees, all over the place, particularly elbows. Elbows up to the ears. All upwards motion. Just... A danger to herself and others. And you know what? I think 
might be because I watched Camp Rock so much in her formative years. I think I maybe did that. You think that she, like, pavloved, like, watching Demi Lovato? And she absorbed like, it into person, her young mind? This famous person is clearly an excellent performer. These elbows must be skyward. And <laughs> I can't just hit the beat. I have to puncture the beat. Anticipate to, the beat and be ahead of it. <laughs> to assault the air three seconds before everyone else. Oh, oh, sweet. All the Maggie slander. <laughs> the Demi slander. This that's, is not meant to not. be offensive. It's just a fact of life. It's not Maggie slander. It's me slander. Because I did this to her. Um, And now, this is that's my cross to bear. Something I was actually kind of speaking of the dancing, because one of my notes, my note for that song was the choreography has never done it for me in, in the following song, following the, the chant, is they do like a a challenge yeah. song called It's On, which the choreography is just a little bit cringy. But one of my yeah. notes earlier in the movie was why did they make Caitlin, who's played by Allison Stoner, why did they make her a music producer? Like, why didn't they make her a dancer? Like, Allison Stoner's a professional dancer. And then very good did, dancer. Yeah. I mean, she's damn Missy Elliott. Well. Yeah, she's Missy Elliott. She is not Missy Elliott. She is Missy no, but, like, but then they actually did lean into that a little bit more in this movie. Um, they, like, had her teaching the dance lessons, and she was kind of in front for a lot more of the the dance scenes. So I appreciated that, because Alison Stoner is a really good dancer. Um, yeah, absolutely. They used her better in this. Yeah, it was, it was better, and it made, it made more sense than having her do, like, the, the weird beats. Yeah. Um... um my note kind of over to encompass the whole watching experience is I would like all of these songs so much more if I wasn't seeing what is happening visually on the screen. <laughs> if you were just listening. Enjoyable. Yeah. Like it's on. It's on. I had when I was on in my ears while I was running the other day. It was good. It was a good little beat. I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. This is fun. And then when I was rewatching that scene today for the second time in what, 72 out? Why did they do that to them? Yeah. Why? The acting was all. I will say. So much of this shoulder movement. But also, just. And this. I not feeling the acting performances of most of the Camp Star campers. And I'm sure they did that no. intentionally to make it seem like these people are not first of all, not cut out for stardom. Well, but and here's two, the thing is they make it sound like, oh, like that's Camp Star. Like it's the star training factory. But really it's a star for backup dancers. I mean, it's a camp for backup dancers. Really Unless you're good. Luke, whatever his name is. Yeah. And even he, I was not. Um, Like, they all, like, you don't even really get to sing or do anything. You just have to dance back up. So it's no. like, someone says at one point, like, I know which camp I would want to go to. And it's like, yeah, not the one that doesn't let you sing. Right. What's the, um, oh, well, we can talk about this later, but I have a loop note for later. But um, it was, that scene was also an issue for me because they didn't look genuinely angry at each other at all like they didn't look like they didn't want to be around each other when they were supposed to be challenging each other to this like final jam no yeah it was kind of a collaborative dance yeah and it wasn't like two separate dance styles happening at the same time a la dance at the gym from west side story um but speaking of singing at each other the next song is very good. The next song is called Wouldn't Change a Thing. And it's the Joe Jonas Demi Lovato duet we've all been waiting for. Which, before we dive into the song, Joe Jonas looks so good in this movie, it's distracting. Yes! I kept rewinding <laughs> to go see scenes again. He's very handsome. Yeah. His hair was much better than the last hair. Yeah, it was not Someone straightened. 
Um, yeah, wouldn't change a thing. Incredible. No notes. My only note is they, well, actually I have two notes about it. It's such a good song. It's very dramatic, but it's good. But at one point, like, it's, it starts with them, like, in different rooms, but, like, the screen is cut and you see them both kind of singing. But then throughout the song, they move and they go outside and they're facing each other, like, across the camp, singing at each other. And that's a little odd. Yeah. Um, but also, the words of the song don't fully go with the plot. Because they say, like, you know, like, fire and rain, you drive me insane, but I can't stay mad at you. Like, I can't stay mad at you for anything. Like, we're different, but we can't be mad at each other. And then the song ends, and they immediately, like, snarl at each other and (laughs) turn in opposite directions. And it's like, so you can be mad at each other. Yeah. But they clearly didn't stay mad at each other, so maybe... No, because then the next morning he, he apologized. Yeah. And anyway, um, the next song is called Heart and Soul. I didn't need it. I hated it. Oh, see, I think I like this song, but I don't. No. What song is this? It's the Joan. It's the one of the Jonas Brothers singing oh, when they're singing about being. I do like this song. This one is fun. This one reminds me of what we talked about in the last episode, where there's so many references to old rock and roll and musicians. Yeah, and I didn't think it was well done. Some of them were not accurate. See, I don't really understand what my note is, because I wrote, in in all <laughs> caps, I wrote this song, and then I wrote, and the mini golfs, my heart, in. I don't know what that means. Autocorrect did me dirty. I don't know what that means either. Um, that song is like, it's like fine. It's It's comparable to, it's this movie's version of, I just want to play my music, and it's no, I just want to play my music. No, but, it, but what could... No, but it is, like, it's it's fine. It's not necessary for I the plot. Like no. Um, but, like, it's it's fine. The next song is very cute and sweet. It's called Perfect Song. It's another little Joe and Demi duet. You don't remember Perfect Song? When I hear you on the radio. You mean you're my favorite song? You're my favorite song. Yes. No, I like that one. This one's cute. Yeah, it was really cute. I didn't like it as much as the other one. I thought it could have been a little bit better, but I did. It it. was more of a montage moment. Like, you didn't see them singing it. You saw them, like, canoeing and going on dates, and it was, like, sweet. Canoeing poorly again. Yeah, but you know. Whatever. We can't all be Lizzie Hobbs. I'm not a good canoeer. I would also like to point that out. I haven't canoed since I was probably 10. I'm a whiz for a kayak, but a canoe, no. Because a canoe, most of the time you got to do that with another person, and I'm not good at that sort of collaborative work. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the area where I strive collaboratively. But, okay. Introducing Me is the next song, sung by Nick Jonas, Nicholas Jonas, to... his love interest Dana who I did not like no and then I was watching this and I was like all right I remember why we were all Nick girls (laughs) yeah this song is very much iconic it was so cute it was it was so cute and it was like so to back up a little bit like basically he like is very nervous around her and she takes it as like he hates me he doesn't want to talk to me yeah She's like, I wrote your name on my hand in permanent marker. And he's like, I like to canoe, even though he's lying. Because he's nervous. Yeah. Um, And they're all so dramatic. And he keeps, like, spying on her across the lake. And his brothers are like, you're an idiot. And they all have a heart-to-heart. Um, There's some fun banter where he, like, falls. He It's when he falls into the lake, like, about the canoe. And he says to Joe Jonas, and he goes, I'm still an idiot. And Joe goes, I still agree. <laughs> that was funny. Yes. No, we were the brothers kind of interactions and the dynamic between them it was good you could tell that they had a lot of fun doing that and that a lot of that was just like them them to each other the way they would talk to each other normally yeah it was very sweet it was cute and they have like a heart to heart and kevin's like if you can't talk to her you could sing and so this 
masterpiece comes from that. Was giving a little bit early Jason Mraz. Early yes, Bruno Mars. Very much. It was cute. Anyway. While all of this is going on, Kevin Jonas is, like, his plot throughout is he is the camp counselor for, like, the smaller kids. The junior rockers. Junior rockers. And it took me about mm, 85% of the way through the movie to realize that one of those was the bonus Jonas, Frankie Jonas. Who didn't realize? Didn't realize. Did you know that from the past? I must have, and I forgot, and then I was watching, I was like, well, I'll be damned. Isn't it crazy that Frankie Jonas is, like, our age? I don't want to think about that at all. It makes me uncomfortable. And I wanted to ask you, Hannah, as a follow-up to our yesterday conversation about Stranger Things. Oh, yes. Did Kevin Jonas do this movie and inspire the role of Steve Harrington in Stranger Things? As the... (laughs) older dumb caretaker of all of these youths (laughs) no because unfortunately kevin jonas while he's sweet and likable he's not a himbo Mm, steve harrington is a himbo okay steve harrington's a himbo it's it's true steve harrington is better looking than we need to rapid fire wrap this up because i'm getting hungry i need to eat it's been an hour and two i know okay so this Um, is the next song is Tear It Down. So, wait, so I'll back up. Then it's Final Jam. We've all been working all summer to make amazing performances to show down. The, it's implied that, like, whoever loses is going to shut down the camp, um, which isn't, like, 100%, but it's kind of like, oh, like, it's on national TV. Like, people won't want to send their kids to the losing camp. So it's very high stakes. Um, Camp Star goes first. They sing Tear It Down. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I didn't like the scene and I didn't like the song. Um, the main kid from Camp Star, his name is Luke. We talked in the last episode about how they took a lot of kind of musical references and, you know, made a bunch of kind of small homages to pop and R&B and hip hop artists from the 90s kind of mid to late 90s and 2000s and so I think he was supposed to be like kind of sound and dance like Usher kind of sound and dance like Wally you did call him low budget Usher and it was fine I wish they had done that better because that could have been really cool and like very nostalgic and like could have been very well done but it was not good yeah, and I did, another thing that we kind of neglected to talk about, I think, is that Tess, the mean girl, who, like, starts the movie, like, she's been redeemed, kind of, but immediately switches to the other camp. Yeah. And, like, she kind of is sharing the spotlight with him, and, you know, the only reason they're doing it is because her mom has a trillion Grammys. She, like, just, like, stands next to him, because he's, like, fully dancing while he's singing, and she's ah. just, like, doing her shoulder moment. Yeah. It's very bad it's not soulful like what camp rock sings because camp rock sings what we came here for but before that is the only really notable like line i felt the need to write down what was it so the two friends names are peggy and ashley no she was ashley and hannah montana peggy and ella ella For some reason, I thought her name in the last movie was something different. Anyway, doesn't matter. She is sitting there getting ready for their performance, and Peggy comes over to her and goes, What happened to you? And she goes, When I get nervous, I sparkle things. (laughs) And she had glitter all over her face. It was hilarious. It was like euphoria makeup. Yeah. But so that leads into the Camp Rock performance, which is the song what we came here for the only note i wrote down was key change because it has a pretty powerful key change and you know what way cuter song than i remember yeah it's very heartfelt they you know they get to showcase everyone um it's funny you see like them singing and you can see their breath because they filmed this in like december (laughs) yeah that was funny 
And I didn't have, uh, did they? I couldn't remember, despite having watched it twice, did they talk about, like, is this fair that Shane Gray is performing with them since he's a professional? Well, here's my note, um, which, spoiler alert, the the competition is rigged. Yeah. Um, the other camp star kind of bought votes, or at least they bought advertising. And Camp Rock loses. Yeah. But I still think there's no way that Camp Rock wouldn't have won if they had the Jonas Brothers, if they had Connect 3 performing with them. Yeah. Because even if their performance was worse, it'd be like all of their Connect 3 fangirls would have mm-hmm. voted for them. That's true. And and there would have been more publicity surrounding it. It wouldn't have just been like, oh, I'm voting for Camp Star because I got a text about it. Right. So that to me is not realistic. I agree. Unless Connect 3 is more flopulous than they make us think. It's entirely possible, but I think you're right. Um, so... I was gonna ask you about this. How do you feel about it when movies make, like, the good guys, or, like, the guys you're supposed to be rooting for, lose the competition? I don't like it. Okay. Um, well, I think it's fine, but, like, because usually when they do that, there's always, like, a turnaround right at the end. Right. And it's kind of, like, but they still, like, win overall. Like, Camp Rock loses the competition, but, like, ends up having business boom. So it's like because okay. for the fun and nice camp. So um, I read a book earlier this summer, book lovers, where at the very end you're like, shoot, this it, is not. It's it's going to be a sad ending, and then on like the last page, it's a happy ending. So like to me, usually it's just like a fake out, and I just like everything to be happily ever after. Yeah, but I yeah, I kind of understand that. I kind of like it. I think it can be very powerful. It's a kind I of, think it is. I think it makes for a really good scene. Kind of Ted Lasso spoilers. But, like, I think one of the interesting things about Ted Lasso is they make you fall in love with, like, the soccer team so hard. And, like, you just want them to do so well. And, like, you're, like, they're, you know, the most hardworking like, deserving team on the planet. There's no way they're gonna lose this. And then they make them lose it repeatedly. Like, that's the end of the first season, is they lose and they get relegated and they get, like, moved to a different league of professional soccer because they weren't good enough. And you're like, Ugh. Yeah. And, and it, like, in this movie in particular, it makes for a very good scene because the way they do it is you don't hear them announce the winner. They do it silently, and you just see it in slow motion. That was well done. I liked that. It it was a really good scene. Well, the interesting thing is, you, the, like, first person's reaction that you see is Tess, who is switched oh, over. Really? You see her face, and she's not watching her Camp Star people, who she just won with. She's watching the Camp Rock people figure out that they lost. And she looks so sad. Yeah, because she had a terrible summer. Yeah. And then they try and redeem her again, which I am not, I am sick. I don't buy it either time. In the first movie, I don't buy it. In this one, why are we redeeming her? She's never going to learn. Right. And she's like, Brown, I'd really like to come back next summer. It's like, what, so you can terrorize everyone again? Yep. But yeah, that was just my question I had for you about people losing. We do get a good... For Disney Channel Kiss. Yes. Demi Lovato and Joe Jonas, who were dating around this time, so, like, that makes yes. sense. It was cute, whatever, they're happy together. And then the last song is the song when all the Camp Star people are coming and, like, telling them that they want to be part of Camp Rock. And it's called This Is Our Song. Not a good ending song. No, I, it's, like, soulful, I guess, but it's just kind of, like, it's... Not, not the best song in the movie. Nope. Hannah, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Not really. Um, Jason, Joe Jonas, not Joe Jonas, Kevin Jonas finally gets his birdhouse he wanted. The junior rockers make it for him. That's true. Oh, so cute. Yeah. That was sweet. Um, that's about all I have. That is exactly all I have. 
Go us. Yay. Two episodes in two days. Yep. Thank you guys for listening again. Hannah, thanks for recording with me. Um, Absolutely. We are still on track to hit 50 episodes by the end of the year. We have gotten so many more listens as of late than we have in the past because I feel like we just posted about hitting a thousand listens and we're at like 1300 right now oh my god yeah um I think that's also just because we've been posting a lot more but yeah um we're excited to keep doing that we have some really fun stuff planned for the end here some stuff we've hinted at some stuff we haven't hinted at if you have any ideas for things you want to see from us in the future things that you desperately want us to get to before the end of the year you know how to message us on instagram um at slumberparty.pod you can shoot us an email um at the slumberpartypod at gmail.com if you're a friend or family member which 99% of you are you can just text us or you can always leave us a voice message and the link to that is in our link tree on the instagram we love getting voice messages. We do. They're very fun. We'd love to get some that were for someone other than our enemy, enemy of the pod. Don't get me wrong. We want to get 17 million more from him. However, we could get some others too. Usually Sam's are kind of threatening. But they always tie up so nicely at the end. It's very, it's a real whiplash. They of do. Them. Yeah. Really knows how to get us in the gut. No. Um, Hannah, do you have anything else you'd like to say? I'd like to take it away. You would like to take it away, Ernie? Take it away. Are you lassoing, or what are you doing? Are you riding a horse? I'm just in the club. Oh, okay. I don't know what that dance is called. I saw a girl on TikTok do it, and I can't stop. I know you've done it 19 times since we started recording 19 hours ago. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into DCOMs. This episode was edited by Hannah and collectively conceived of as a postgrad crisis by Lizzie and Hannah. This podcast has been distributed by Anchor, and we hope you'll join us again next week. Welcome back to the Summer Party Pod. I'm Lizzie, a projectile charm. You didn't say a deep dive into decoms. Oh, biscuit. Okay, sorry. Welcome also, back. Oh, sorry. Sorry, oh. sorry. I'm silent. I don't have shit to say to anyone. <laughs> okay. Can that be the end part? <laughs> sure. Uh. <laughs>